The Exxon Radio Show with Rob McConnell is largely an opinion talk show. All opinions, comments, or statements of fact expressed by Rob McConnell's guests are strictly their own and are not to be construed as those of the Exxon Radio Show or endorsed in any manner by Rob McConnell, Relmar McConnell Media Company, the Exxon Broadcast Network, its affiliated networks, stations, employees, or advertisers. All Hit Radio. Welcome to the X-Zone, a place where fact is fiction and fiction is reality. Now, here's your host, Rob McConnell. And good evening, one and all. This is the Exxon. I am Rob McConnell, and we're coming to you from our broadcast center in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada, on the Talkstar Radio Network, Exxon Broadcast Network, Mutual Broadcast Network, Simul Radio, and Simul TV, and iHeart Radio. If you'd like to send me an email, exxon at exxonradiotv.com, on all social media sites, Exxon Radio TV. And if you'd like to check out the broadcast schedule that we have available, for all our programming on the Exxon Broadcast Network, which are brought to you with our compliments, visit www.xzbn.net. My first guest tonight is Tim Scullion, and he is the author of Haunted Historic Colonial Williamsburg, Virginia, with Breakthrough Ghost Photography. Is a first in the world of the paranormal researcher. Tim Scullion has Scullion. Uh, has completed a two-year photographic study of the Williamsburg out of over 10,000 photographs. Only the very best were chosen, 230 to be exact, document ghosts and apparitions of all sizes, shapes, and colors. He has unlocked techniques to consistently photograph residents of the other side and has included historical background as well as paranormal experiences and personal insights to accompany each house and building in the world's largest living museum. Joining me now is Tim Scullion. And uh, Tim, welcome to the X-Zone. Thank you so much. Glad to be here, Rob. Hey, congratulations on your new book. I'm, I'm anxiously awaiting the publication because it's got some brand new things in it. They're very different from the uh, first book that I wrote, mm-hmm. and I'm very excited to have it out. Tim, for the listeners who may not know you, Tell us a little bit about yourself and how it is how it is that you ended up, uh, you know, taking up photography with the ghosts. Well, that was quite by accident because I, I had worked as a, a public school teacher for about mm-hmm. twelve years, and right. I got out out of that, and I was giving historical tours here in Colonial Williamsburg, and. The company that I worked for asked me if I would like to give ghost tours, and I said, sure, why not? So they handed me a script. I memorized the script, and I started taking groups of about 25 people out through Colonial Williamsburg and telling them the ghost stories. So what I would see every once in a while is somebody getting on their cell phone. And by the way, this was in 2011 when cell phone cameras were not that good. No, But I would see them... I would see them getting paranormal photos and it got me thinking because I was a skeptic Mm -hmm. and I, I just knew I had to change. So what I decided to do was take my professional equipment and down, go down to Colonial Williamsburg to these very same places that I had seen people get something paranormal and try for myself to see if I could get something better on better equipment. And so that started my two-year odyssey for that first book and by the way 230 photographs out of 10,000 that shows you how many that uh, were not any good and so it was a learning process it was trial and error I'm not psychic in any way and Mm -hmm. no I don't see the ghosts in the photo when I'm taking the photograph so is the photograph is it like an EVP is it is the photograph like an EVP you only see the photo uh, the ghost after the photo has been taken when you review the uh, the uh, photos like 
EVPs are audible after the recording is done? Exactly. Now, okay, well, you know the size of a review screen on any type of camera. It's yes. quite small. Yeah. And so what, what I have to do is I have to get the photograph home, mm-hmm. download it to my computer, and then I have to zoom in on the places that I think I might have something. Sometimes I have to turn up the uh, contrast yeah. and or the light in order to brighten up the, the photograph so that I can see if I got anything paranormal. And, you know, the chances, as, as you could see by the statistics, are mm-hmm. about 1 in 50 that I would get something. Right. Uh, is this in the realm of ITC? I'm not sure what you're referring to. Okay. Um, this is like um, white noise on a TV screen when sometimes figures appear. Okay, I, I don't know if I would call it the, the realm of ITC, but okay. what I do know is that from, from my observation and from the many photographs that I've taken mm-hmm. is that spirits, ghosts, whatever you want to call them, they're incredibly fast. And what that means is that I could take 50 photos of one place and have the spirit show up in only one of them. My goodness. How do we expl- how do you explain that? You know, you're you're a teacher, you're a photographer, you must have some theory. Well, I've uh, adapted a theory of physicist Janis mm-hmm. Lewinsky. Right. And what what he said was that he can made the hypothesis that ghost spirits they are nothing more than a, an electromagnetic consciousness. And he said, being that, and this is according to the Einstein physics that he studied, he said that they would live outside the parameters of both time and space, which would mean that time would mean nothing to them and space would mean nothing so that they could essentially pass through solid objects and they could live on forever. And uh, he based this on two scientific facts, which I thought were interesting. One is that all living creatures, not just humans, but all living creatures give off photons of light. We have a standing rate of photon emission. And the second thing that was a fact that he quoted is that all living things, when they die, mm-hmm. the, they have what they call a death flash in which there is an escape of electromagnetic radiation from the body. And it can be up to a thousand times greater than your standing rate of photon emission. So that sounded like something that would uh, work in my mind because, as a, starting out as a skeptic, I was looking for somewhat of a rational explanation for what I was photographing. And getting back to what what we just spoke about a second ago about the uh, speed of these ghosts, they just think. They have no limitations as far as speed. As far as I, I could conjecture, they could travel at the speed of light, being that they are electromagnetic radiation. So would we be able to say that the photo emission at the time of death is actually the soul leaving the body? I would conjecture that. It sounds like a reasonable hypothesis. Yeah. Very interesting. Um, go ahead. No, sir, I was listening. So um, the the fact that there is a, a soul that uh, th- this electromagnetic radiation leaves the body, right? It's able to exist on its own. And something that's made me wonder is whether this this entity, this being, is able to recreate itself as a ghost, because I think it's it's no longer a human body that it's able to recreate, right. in some cases, the uh, an apparition, or let's let's call it a hologram. That mm-hmm. would make more sense. Right, a hologram, graphic recreation of themselves. And I have to wonder if sometimes if this is not a learned process, because otherwise, wouldn't you think that all the ghosts would be doing this? They would all be trying to appear to say people they know, their former relatives, friends. Sure, and that begs to ask the question, why don't they? 
which goes back to possibly it's a learned process and some of them haven't learned how to do it. Where would they learn how to do it? I don't know. You see, um, all this is quite fascinating mm-hmm. to me. Let, let me give you an example of something that I, that I came across. Okay. At, uh, at my alma mater, William & Mary, there is mm-hmm. a uh, story that was written up in the school newspaper about a haunting in one of the halls. And the haunting is about a former student that committed suicide before finals because she was so distraught about passing her finals. Now, what they say is occurring in the uh, hall, this is called Tucker Hall, Mm -hmm. is that uh, in this case, two students were making a film on a computer in that same building. And evidently, the ghost was able to learn how to operate the programs, how to alter the programs, how to bring in photographs from the internet and randomly place them on a movie that they had made. And that stunned me that a ghost that All right, supposedly died in 1980. Go ahead. All right, we've got to take our first break. Please stand by. Tim Scullion is our special guest this hour, Exonation. And uh, Tim and I will be back to talk more about his new book. Sounds exciting. It's entitled Historic Haunted Historic Colonial Williamsburg, Virginia with Breakthrough Ghost Photography. And his website is www.facebook.com forward slash Tim Scalion, author forward slash. And we'll be back on the other side of this break as we continue here in the X Zone. Did you know that when you're on the road with limited data or Wi-Fi, you can still listen to the X-Zone radio show with Rob McConnell, The Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiaka, X-1, Dimension X, Space Patrol, and every minute of the X-Zone broadcast network by calling 213-401-0080, courtesy of Audio Now. No smartphone, app, or internet needed. It saves your data plan and it's free if you have unlimited minutes. Call 213-401-0080 to listen on any phone, anytime, anywhere. Remember 213-401-0080 for the best of the paranormal, parapsychology, and sci-fi radio programming anywhere. 24-7-365. You have heard of the X-Zone? Now watch it on TV plus 500 video games, live TV channels, free video on demand, worldwide, and more. Does this sound like tomorrow's television? Well, it is, but you can have it today, right now. It is Simul TV. Simul TV offers what the others only wish they could provide. 15 exclusive channels like X-Zone, Sci-Fi, and Horror. We are worldwide. No other provider offers that. 500 built-in video games. No need to have an extra expensive system. We have them included. Free video on demand. Live streaming events from around the world. Interactive online network and much more. Tomorrow's TV today. Simul TV. Sound too good to be true? Well, it's not. You can have Simul TV today. Sign up at simultv.com. Do it today. We live in rapidly shifting times of extreme volatility and uncertainty. Such profound change brings a unique opportunity for the evolution of consciousness. I'm Gwilda Wiecka, host of Mission Evolution Radio Show, a program that explores the latest scientific developments and deepening spiritual truths supporting human evolution. Join me on XZBN.net, where I interview leading experts in science, physics, medicine, spirituality, and more. By applying divergent viewpoints to leading-edge topics, we uncover expansive and evolutionary truth to assist you on your path to enlightenment. More information and past episodes are available at missionevolution.org.
Welcome back, everyone. This is the Exxon. I am Rob McConnell. Our special guest this hour is Tim Scalion, and he's the author of Haunted Historic Colonial Williamsburg, Virginia with Breakthrough Ghost Photography. And his book is available on all bookstores electronically and brick and mortar. Okay, during the uh, just before we went to the break, we were discussing your uh, the video that was done in the school where you went about a girl who had committed or committed suicide in a hallway, and people were making a movie, and the was it the spirit of the girl that was able to manipulate? Well, that, that's the assumption. That's the assumption. Okay, and and um, what is that? What is that? What is uh, you know what is that assumption based on? Like that sounds rather far fetched. I, I suppose the assumption assumption is based on the fact that uh, there have been only two deaths on that specific piece of property mm-hmm. the, where the Tucker Tucker Hall is. Right. Both of them were suicides, and uh, they're assuming it's this girl because she appears to uh, random students during finals time okay and they think that uh, she's the one that is has gotten into the um, technical the the computer and she's able to technically alter the filmmaking process to put up random pictures from different places on the internet which uh, it just makes me wonder i mean she died in 1980 mm-hmm and she's come back and mastered this technology. Only on one, I, only on one, heard, only on one system, only on one film. Um, I I can't say I can't answer that. All I can answer is that uh, it's recorded mm-hmm. officially in the newspaper of the school that uh, this entity, this ghost, right. was able to get in it and alter their film project. And it was something that was, they, they were flabbergasted by it, and they couldn't believe that an entity that died in 1980 mastered the technology and changed it as much as, as it was changed. But how do we and, know? And how do even we even go out on the Internet? How do we know that the ghost internet? really did this and wasn't the, uh, the, uh, the people who were producing the film who did this just to get notoriety? I can't say that for certain, but what I can say is that the people spoke that uh, they went, they recorded the film, mm-hmm. and then when they printed it on a CD, that that's when they had all the changes made to the film. And so somewhere between that process, mm-hmm. there was an alteration. You know, I can't say for absolute certainty whether these people weren't seeking attention right. or whether it was an actual paranormal event well let's let's ask one simple question you've been doing ghost research for how long seven years now okay i've been doing this show for 28 years i also my company does videos we do tv productions Mm -hmm. i have never in 28 years doing the show ever heard of a ghost manipulating a video Okay, well, let me give you another one. That okay. To me personally. All right. Um, go ahead. No, no. Okay, I was in Colonial Williamsburg, mm-hmm. and this was about a year after I had started this project. Right. Taking photographs, and my sister decided to come down with me. And on the way to one of the homes that we were going to photograph, she said, I don't know if I believe in this ghost stuff. Right. I'm kind of skeptical myself. Mm-hmm. So I said, okay, that's that's your prerogative to believe that way, but uh, let's go over here, and I'm trying to get something at this particular house. So we went over there, and she and my niece were there, and they had the same type of iPhone. It's a rather large iPhone that's somewhere in the size between a normal cell phone and a computer notebook. So she was there trying to photograph this building, and she couldn't get the building in the uh, the picture that was on the phone. My niece is standing right next to her with the exact same phone, and she said, Mom, I've got the building. I don't see why you don't. You've got the same phone, the same same camera program. You should Mm -hmm. be able to get it. And she said, no, there's something in here. So uh, my niece goes over and look and 
looks into the screen and she says, oh, my God, Mom, there's a man in your phone. And she could see at the face of a man. They called me over to take a look at the phone. Mm-hmm. And what I could see was the face of an African-American man. Now, it was in black and white, not color, and it was grainy, sort of like a 1950s television show. But it was there. And whenever she would move the camera up or down, the face would follow. So my point being is that somehow that that apparition, that ghost, was able to master that technology and make an appearance inside that phone. Were you able to photograph that uh, African-American apparition? I told her, I said, quick, take photos, take Mm -hmm. a lot of them, take as many as you can. Right. But uh, what she didn't realize was that she had to press a button to save them because the phones were brand new. So I have no no physical proof Mm -hmm. that this happened. Why do you think Williamsburg is so haunted? a hotbed of ghost activity. Well, it was the first area that uh, English colonists came and there's been quite a lot of uh, quite a lot of deaths in this area. Now, you can you know, go all the way back to 1622 when right. the Native Americans massacred the colonists. You can go to the um, Revolutionary War now there were no battles fought in Williamsburg, but a lot of the wounded men owned both the uh, from the French army and the Continental Army were brought back to Williamsburg from the Battle of Yorktown in 1781. And they were hospitalized in places in Williamsburg, and a lot of them died there. And then we go to the Civil War period, and there was a battle mm-hmm. here where close to 4,000 men lost their lives. Right. So with all this loss of life here, it's no surprise to me that we have a lot of ghosts. So there are ghosts of soldiers. There are ghosts of African-Americans. Are there any ghosts of Native Americans? That's funny you should ask, but in my new book, Mm -hmm. I've got a scene from a street. And I was taking a photo of one particular building, and I was looking at the building specifically, but right. later I had just stumbled upon by looking to the side, and what I was able to capture was a whole street scene of ghosts that included Native American faces. And there's also in a few of the windows that I photographed features of ghosts that look decidedly Native American, so yes. The... um what would you say the earliest era is of the ghosts, or do they span the entire spectrum of the existence of Williamsburg? As far as I know, the latter, they, they span the entire existence. And just just getting back to that scene that I described on the, um, on the main road, mm-hmm. the Duke of Gloucester Street in Williamsburg, in that photo... On one side of the photo, I had a woman in blue jeans with a white blouse. She was standing on one side of the road. And on the other side of the road, I had what appears to be a woman in a Victorian-era dress walking down the sidewalk. Behind her, looking from behind a fence, I have what appears to be three Native Americans that are looking out. And then up further from that, I have a group of ghosts that they don't appear to have any type of a a time period marking on them that I could identify, but they're all gathered around a woodpile at the street. So it seems that all time periods are included. That's interesting. Um, I can understand an apparition. I can understand that, but... How do we explain their clothing? Because their clothing, when they die, you know, th- that doesn't make any sense to me. Like the lady in jeans. Does that mean she died with her jeans on? Like, how do we explain the, how, how do we explain the clothing aspect? The only thing that I, I could explain about that mm-hmm. is that they're rec- recreating 
an image from their past, and and since obviously they don't have a flesh and blood body, that uh, that's coming from their memory of themselves, of their appearance. I see. So the genes aren't obviously real, but um, they're they're recreated in the photograph. I'll give you another example in uh, one area that I photographed around the powder magazine where the militia from Virginia regularly trained, I mean, I'm sorry, trained. Right. There is three soldiers, and they're dressed in 18th century militia-type clothing. They have the tri-corner hats on, and one of them is either leaning on a walking stick or a gun. It's hard to tell. So it's that object has been recreated just as the clothing and their bodies have been recreated. Yet it doesn't look real. It looks ephemeral as if you could pass your hand through it. Wow. Listen, you and I have to take our news break at the bottom of the hour. Please stand by, and we'll be back shortly. Exonation, our guest this hour is Tim Scalion, and we're talking about Tim's new book uh, that is... Um, you know, it's basically the world's first photo study of ghosts over two years and 10,000 photos. And we'll be back on the other side of this break as we continue here in the X-Zone from our broadcast center and studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. My name is Rob McConnell. Don't go away. Broadcast studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada, to the world and beyond. You're watching the Exxon Broadcast Network, www.xzbn.net. You have heard of the Exxon? Now watch it on Simul TV, plus 500 video games, live TV channels, free video on demand, worldwide, and more. Does this sound like tomorrow's television? Well, it is, but you can have it today, right now. It is Simul TV. Simul TV offers what the others only wish they could provide. 15 exclusive channels like X-Zone, Sci-Fi, and Horror. We are worldwide. No other provider offers that. 500 built-in video games. No need to have an extra expensive system. We have them included. Free video on demand live streaming events from around the world, interactive online network, and much more. Tomorrow's TV today, Simul TV. Sound too good to be true? Well, it's not. You can have Simul TV today. Sign up at simultv.com. Do it today. Did you know that when you're on the road with limited data or Wi-Fi, you can still listen to the X-Zone radio show with Rob McConnell, The Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiaka, X-1, Dimension X, Space Patrol, and every minute of the X-Zone broadcast network by calling 213-401-0080, courtesy of Audio Now. No smartphone, app, or internet needed. It saves your data plan and it's free if you have unlimited minutes. Call 213-401-0080 to listen on any phone, anytime, anywhere. Remember 213-401-0080 for the best of the paranormal, parapsychology, and sci-fi radio programming anywhere. 24-7-365. Rob McConnell here, presenting an overview for Nicholas Paul Jinnix, author of a fascinating book, Amen. It presents facts revealed by Egyptologists, facts that enable us to understand why Amen is the beginning of creation of God. It provides recommendations for religious leaders of the major religions to unify their beliefs and teach the word of God, love one another. Amen informs people how mankind conceived God, it was the Egyptians that developed the concepts of a soul, a hereafter, and son of God. And finally, after the worship of many gods, they conceived the belief in one universal God, the maker of all there is. 
For more information, visit www.futureofgodamen.com. That's www.futureofgodamen.com. Exonation Tim Skalian is our special guest. He is the author of Haunted Historic Colonial Williamsburg, Virginia, with Breakthrough Ghost Photography. Fascinating book. Uh, Tim, uh, during your, your photographic research and the photography you've done on the paranormal, you know, pointing specifically to ghosts, have you been able to photograph any ghost animals? Yes, I have, and... Had you asked me when I started this process if mm-hmm. animals had spirit, I would have probably said no. But uh, I have I have actually photographed quite a few different animals, um, dogs. Uh, not a cat yet, but yeah. I've seen a cat with my eyes. Mm-hmm. Um, deer, um, what appears to be uh, wolves, and a horse. And something that really stunned me was I was able to photograph a ghost dragonfly. So uh, something that small, that minutive, that Mm -hmm. uh, has a soul, a ghost, that that really blew me away. Okay, how about a a soldier on a horse? Have you photographed that? I'm not sure if it was a soldier on a horse, but I did capture a a person on a horse yeah. and okay. the horse didn't appear whole. Only a part of it appeared. You could see its head. Mm-hmm. You could see its two front legs, uh, possibly a tail, but uh, there was portions in the middle that were missing in the photograph. But yes, I have. How about uh, people in buggies or carts being pulled by horses? No, I haven't gotten that yet. No way. But, uh, the one thing that is featured in my second book that's coming out this August mm-hmm. is uh, something that also blew me away, and that was the fact that I was able to capture a whole militia. I believe that it's the largest number of ghosts ever captured in one photograph, and they are all standing up in at attention in a line in front of the powder magazine here at Colonial Williamsburg. And it makes me wonder because... I had visited that place. I had photographed that place so many times before and right. got nothing. But this one time that I came there, there was a small group of Colonial Williamsburg interpreters, and they were reenacting the militia. There was four of them, be, to be exact, and they had the drums, and uh, they had the guns, and they were doing a little reenactment, and they were also drilling children on how the how to act as a member of the Virginia militia. And when that happened, I was able to get this photograph of this whole militia. And it makes me wonder that if the drums, if the fanfare, and if the children didn't bring them out, because I, as I said before, I had been there so many times and was able to capture nothing. And then this one time that this recreation of uh, Virginia's past was there, mm-hmm. these ghosts appeared. So let me understand, uh, the, the ghosts, uh, they were they were there, and, and, and were they talking to ghost children or real children? Well, I can't say they were talking, but... Instructing. They first appeared in, in the first photograph, okay? Yeah. They were lined up in formation in mm-hmm. front of the powder magazine here at right. William, okay. Williamsburg. Okay. In the second photograph that was taken just a few minutes later, the children had been invited into the yard there where they were going to be trained by the four interpreters from Colonial Williamsburg. And at that point that they came into the yard, the ghosts broke formation and they were standing in and around the group of children. So would it would it so, be so can we assume that the ghosts were trying to interact with the children? I would say yes and I would say as evidence from this photograph and several others and some stories that I mm-hmm. that I've heard from people that ghosts are attracted to children. Is there any any um 
Is there anything that would lead you to believe that the children that were there actually could see these ghosts? No, I had no uh, clue. I I really think that had they been aware of it, that some of them would, that would have run out yeah, screaming. Sure. Um, and so uh, somebody asked me, did I tell them? No, mm-hmm. absolutely not. During uh, During all the photos that you've taken... Have any of the people in the photos been able to be identified through uh, through archives? I've had three of them identified. Now, the first one example that I'm going to give you is from one of the most haunted places in Virginia, mm-hmm. some say on the East Coast. It's the Peyton Randolph House. And ironically, it was the first photograph of a face that I had ever gotten. And what I couldn't understand is that you could see the eyes and the forehead and the hair, but the lower part of the face from the nose down, it was black and mottled. Hmm. And so I was thrilled that I had gotten my first photo of a human face that couldn't help but wonder what was going on with the rest of the face. And although I have no photographic proof, I spoke with an interpreter who had worked extensively at the Peyton Randolph house. And he asked me which window that I'd gotten the photograph in. So I told him which window and he said, Oh, that it's documented. Although we do not have the name, but in the 18th century, there was a man that came into the Randolph household and he ended up sticking a a gun, a pistol in his mouth and committing suicide. So right there I had, uh, the identification of the man, not uh, not a name, but at least the documented proof that uh, this man had walked in there and committed suicide. Now, there was a second instance where a friend of mine asked me to go to a hunting club, and I was kind of reluctant because I, I want to research places that have compelling stories, that have something intriguing as far as paranormal or history sure. in order to... Uh, use it in my blogs and in my books. Mm -hmm. And this place had nothing. So I was kind of reluctant, but he told me that uh, he had seen a woman in white walking down the hall several times while he was staying at this hunting house. And so I I reluctantly agreed, and I went out with him. It's about a half hour outside of Williamsburg. So when I went out there, I went through the place. I took photographs absolutely everywhere. And I got back and downloaded the photographs and found two recognizable faces of men. But out of those, I found nothing of a woman in white. So I posted them on my Facebook page, mm-hmm. and I sent a message to my friend saying that, I'm sorry, I couldn't get any woman in white in any of the photos, but what I did find were these two faces. So I think that they were probably former owners of the house because at one time before it was a hunting club, it was a farmhouse. So that's what I thought I was getting as far as those two faces. So he evidently was on Facebook at that time, and he sent me an email back just seconds later saying, oh, my God, that's my best friend. He died in 1993 in the Williamsburg Hospital. And yet his face is in the window out at the hunting lodge where he loved to be. So I had a positive identification by my friend and also by four other members of that lodge that that was who the ghost was. Let me ask you a question. In- Let me ask you a question here before we go on to the third one. Um, you sent us a okay. photo. You sent us a photograph. Uh, it's mm-hmm. it's a blue photograph and it has a face on it. How did you acquire that 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 picture? Um, can you tell me which one it is? I sent you about six or seven. All I got, all I got was one. All I got was one. Um, it, it, it's, it looks like, uh, well, it's a, it look, you can definitely tell it's a face. It's on a blue background. Uh, how do you, how did you get these photos? The one that I think you're talking about is, uh, was taken in Sedona, Arizona. Oh, okay. I had gone. I had gone to a haunted restaurant called Relics that uh, had been visited by the uh, television show The Dead Files. Oh, yeah. And I thought that would be a interesting place to try and get photographs. Mm-hmm. And uh, 
I captured quite a few faces in those windows, and I think the one that was uh, bluish looking is the one that I sent you. Oh, super. Uh, I'm sorry, now could you get on to number three? Number three is a, a bit strange, but it also tugs at your heart, and that's because of uh, not an identifiable face, but an identifiable piece of clothing. I see. Now, I had gone to a local bed and breakfast, and this was in a large house that had been there for a little over 100 years. And it was a known haunted spot. In fact, it's been listed on uh, Virginia's Most Haunted. And the person that had been managing that place had asked me to come down and give a book presentation and then try to go around and get photographs and possibly capture some of the place's ghosts. So after the book presentation, I, as well as a group of tourists that were there, were walking around, and I was taking the photographs, and they, of course, were just looking in the various rooms. So the uh, manager of the place was down in the hall, and I captured her in a photograph, and right beside her is a what I call classic white. It's kind of a white, ephemeral, evanescent, uh, see-through thing that you can tell is a person, but it's not identifiable. It doesn't All right, have any facial characteristics. We're going to hold it here because I've got to take a commercial break. Please stand by. Exonation, our guest okay. this hour is Tim Scalion. And he's the author of Haunted, Historic Colonial Williamsburg, Virginia, and Breakthrough Ghost Photography. And we'll be back as we wrap up this hour here in the Exxon from our broadcast center in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. And don't forget, you can watch us on TV at www.simultv.com and look for the Exxon TV channel. Zone? Now watch it on Simul TV, plus 500 video games, live TV channels, free video on demand, worldwide, and more. Does this sound like tomorrow's television? Well, it is, but you can have it today, right now. It is Simul TV. Simul TV offers what the others only wish they could provide. 15 exclusive channels like Exxon, Sci-Fi, and Horror. We are worldwide. No other provider offers that. 500 built-in video games. No need to have an extra expensive system. We have them included. Free video on demand. Live streaming events from around the world. Interactive online network and much more. Tomorrow's TV today. Simul TV. Sound too good to be true? Well, it's not. You can have Simul TV today. Sign up at simultv.com. Do it today. The new nonfiction book, Razor of Madness, is similar to cult movies like Clockwork Orange, Dragon's Tattoo, or The Other Side of Hell. Wayne Morin Jr. and Thomas Lee Howell expose widespread and systematic deficiencies in this thought-provoking tell-all novel. Mind control rages among scholars in law schools. Human rights are ignored while thought reform and mental manipulation are accepted practices used as behavior modification. Dr. Louis Jolion West comes to mind. Media and public scrutiny shows that United States mental hospitals are in fact destructive murder industries. Razor of Madness Expose Novel details this epidemic through an in-depth professional and personal investigation. For decades there has been a revolving door policy that still releases killers and pedophiles back into society. The maestro of mind control continues to haunt America to this very day. Razor of Madness is available in paperback or as a downloadable ebook at Amazon.com. The concept of a new age has been around since the late 19th century, yet much of its original meaning has been lost. What exactly is the new age? Is it a religion, a collection of obscure esoteric practices, a series of doomsday predictions, or an astrological event? The New Age Chronicles is a unique, complementary publication bringing reason and grounded information to separate fact from fiction. 
chock full of valuable information to support you as we make the monumental shift into the new era. You won't want to miss a single innovative issue. The New Age Chronicles newspaper is coming soon to www.newagechronicles.com. Welcome back, everyone. Tim Scalion is our special guest, and uh, Tim's got a blog. It's called The Ghostographer, and it's at timscalion.wordpress.com forward slash blog. And uh, the Amazon link to his uh, books, we're going to put that up on our website. And um, the only ghost tour in the world that features ghost photos at every stop shown on large Samsung Galaxy Notebook yeah, the website is www.ghostphotographer. Ghost. What is it? Ghost. Ghost. How do you say that, Tim? That's rather. Ghostographer. 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 Okay. Dot com. Right. All right, Tim. Um, you were telling us about this this place that you were at, and um, you were going around taking photos. So I got this ghost standing right next to the manager, and like I said, the whole upper area of mm-hmm. the ghost was white and you couldn't identify it, but you could see the person's pant leg and you could see that it was a man's shoe. A tennis shoe is what I thought. Yeah. So I took the, I got about 20 good photographs of the ghost at that place that night. And I took them down the next week to uh, the manager and showed her. And I, I said a particular interest you might find is this ghost that's standing right next to you. And I said, you can't tell what the person is. Uh, you can't tell if it's a man or a woman, but you can tell that uh, they had the pant leg with this shoe that looks like a tennis shoe. So I'm assuming it's a guy. Right. And she said, that's not a tennis shoe. And tears started to well up in her eyes. And I said, okay. And then after she gained her composure, she said, that's my son's shoe. She said it was his work shoe, it was his favorite pair of shoes. And he passed away 10 years ago today. And I still have those shoes up under my bed. And she actually brought them down and showed me the shoe and it matched the photograph. So although I didn't have a facial match, in the photograph, I was able to identify that that was this woman's son by the shoe that she was able to match to the photograph. You're right. That so is was a, a hard tugging one. It's quite an interesting and uh, heart tugging mm-hmm. story, but uh, she was quite, she was sad at the same time, pleased to know that he was standing right beside her as uh, she was standing there talking to this group of people. Have you tried uh, doing this photography with uh, with video? And if so, how did that turn out? Or how does it turn out? I have. And I was doing experiments at my former house. Mm-hmm. And I was using an infrared camera. And the camera was aimed at my front door. And my house was haunted at the time. There was a um, Civil War ghost. Mm-hmm. It was a Union ghost dressed in a navy blue uniform, as well as se- several other goats, ghosts. But there have been several people in my family that had seen two people walking up and down the hallway and sometimes walking up the stairway. So that's where I had the, the ghost camera aimed at, and I was filming. And I had several clips that showed pixelated outlines of what appeared to be humans walking either down the hallway or up the stairway. But unfortunately I lost those because the uh, house, all of my equipment and those videos burned up in a fire late last year. And I have, I haven't been working with the video since that time because I have to buy new equipment. Let me ask you, did, what so, was, was the origin of the fire found or is there a possible paranormal connection? That's interesting that you ask that because I have I have interactions with quite a few psychics on Twitter and some other social media sites, and that was the question they asked me. Mm-hmm. Now, the fire marshal 
attributed the fire to a cigarette that wasn't put out right in an ashtray on the front porch. Right. And it had the debris. But at the same time, what I'd like you to know is that I've actually heard several different experiences of ghosts being able to light fires, which absolutely fascinated me. For example, in Colonial Williamsburg, there is um, several taverns where at, the, at night when the people, the employees go around and blow out all the candles on the tables, mm-hmm. there are several stories where they turn around and all the candles are lit again. There's also a place in Yorktown, which is nearby here, where there's a story of a family experiencing a fire in the fireplace that they didn't start themselves. So they're quite capable of starting fires. But is there any evidence to the to the reality of these claims? Or are these just tales, folklore, urban legends? Well, I, again, I'm going on people's word. Okay. That's all I can tell you. Um, however, I have talked to the people that have actually experienced that. Mm-hmm. They don't appear to me to be liars. They don't appear to me to be attention seekers. But as for the veracity of the statement, no, I I can't solidly say that I know that it's the truth or it's a lie. You were mentioning psychics. Uh, Are you a believer in psychic phenomena? Yes. My wife is a, uh, what I call my reluctant psychic. She... Mm is able to know things and she said she can't call it up. I I suppose there are some psychics that are able to call it up, but she can't call it up. But she has told me things that were going to happen Mm -hmm. or things about people that uh, I had no idea that I would later find out to be true. So I've had personal experience with that. So absolutely. I believe in it. Now, as far as how far the, the power of the psychic goes, I, I can't say that either. I just know that I've experienced, I've heard, and I believe. Have you ever gotten into other aspects of paranormal investigations, such as EVPs, EMF detectors, heat sensing equipment, and if so, what were the results? I haven't, because if you recall, I said I was a skeptic, yep. and so I have to see things. Seeing is believing to me. Well, let me, well, wait a sec, wait a sec, wait a sec, wait a sec. Hold on here, hold on here. Let let me just back up a second. You're a skeptic Mm -hmm. and you need to see something to believe it, yet you're taking the word of all these people about paranormal events and you're taking it at their face value without seeing it. So how do, you know, you can't have both sides of the coin here. Okay, well, I was a skeptic when I started and after I started seeing, photographing and experiencing this Mm -hmm. stuff, then I started to believe what people were telling me. So I guess both sides of the coin are the fact that I was once a skeptic, and now I am no longer a skeptic. So the fact is that now that you're a believer, you believe everyone. No. But I am I am able to uh, go and hear stories and... Uh, some, in some cases, I would mm-hmm. say that uh, the people are telling me the truth just by the fact that they're not trying to get my attention. They're not trying to uh, go and call attention to themselves. It's something that, in most cases, rather frightened them, and they don't really go, go around speaking about it because they're embarrassed that somebody may make fun of them. What do you think about all these ghost shows that are on TV? Well, I've, I've watched a few of them, and I don't mean to put anybody down. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's not why I'm here. But I don't see a whole lot of evidence. I, I see them talking about stuff right. every once in a while or hear an EVP, but even the EVPs, are uh, they always sound distorted to me. Yeah. I agree. I'm not hearing something that is clearly saying what people are saying that they say on these television shows. So I don't want to put them down, but at the same time, I would like to see more evidence from the show before they seem credible to me anyway. 
for your photography, do does the weather play a part? Does the atmospheric conditions, the barometric pressure, the time of day, or, or is it right across the spectrum where you're able to photograph ghosts? As far as I can tell, the ghosts appear better in the warmth of summer, mm-hmm. particularly when the humidity is higher. And to go beyond that, um, they like thunderstorms. And I kind of think of that going back to that theory of what ghosts are by Janusz Lewinsky. If they are electromagnetic radiation, then what better conditions would you have than when you have positive and negative ions between the earth and the sky during a thunderstorm? Good point. So uh, that's, that's one of the things that I found to be true, that the, the thunderstorm period of time is uh, one of the best times that I've found personally to photograph ghosts. Hey, listen, the, the hour has uh, gone by rather quickly. Uh, Tim, first of all, thank you for coming on the show. Let our listeners know where they can get a copy of your book and where they can find out more about you. Well, the, if they uh, type my name into Amazon, they can... My first book is available for sale. My second book can be pre-ordered. It's being released on August 28th of this year. And I'm also on Twitter. I'm on Facebook. And uh, also my book is available at uh, Barnes & Noble stores and at Schiffer Publishing. Tim, thanks so much for coming on the show. Take care of yourself. Have a wonderful summer and uh, happy ghost photography. Thank you. XO Nation, I'll be back on the other side of this break as we continue here in the XO from our broadcast center and studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. You can get your complimentary copy of the X Chronicles newspaper simply by going to www.xchroniclesnewspaper.com. I am Rob McConnell. Don't go away. Modern Esoteric, Beyond Our Senses by Brad Olson, consummates the lifeology story about where humanity originates. It is the lost continents, the primitive wisdom, the mythos of creation, and the rethinking of ancient history as we are taught in academia. There is much more to the story than what we have been told. As this is the first book in the Esoteric series, Modern Esoteric starts at the beginning of time and accelerates up to this modern age. Future Esoteric is book two in the series and takes a forward-looking position ahead of today with an open and honest examination of the ET issue and various unexplained phenomena. To discover the writings of author Brad Olson, visit www.bradolson.com. That's www.bradolson.com. Are you or is someone you know struggling with addictions, depression, anxiety, relationships, low self-esteem, lack of confidence, grief, success, and prosperity? Do you know that your subconscious belief plays a big role in the outcome of your hard work? We can help you permanently change the beliefs that may be the reason for your struggles and failures. We care about getting you the return on your investment and the results you are looking for. We can help you be free of the limitations of your past and in realizing your highest potential. We work with people by phone and Skype. For more information, visit us at www.ritasoman.com. That's www.ritasoman.com. Do you think you have energy problems in your home? Do you feel better when you're away than when you're home? Joey Korn is a global leader in the world of dowsing who specializes in personal energy clearing and space clearing. He can help you create an ideal energy environment in your home no matter where you live in the world. Learn about his remote spiritual house cleaning services and much more at www.dowsers.com. You can get Joey's book, Dowsing, A Path to Enlightenment, as well as other dowsing books and tools, Kabbalah books, and Walter Russell books. 
Joey's work is really amazing. Go to dowsers.com right now. That's D-O-W-S-E-R-S dot com or call 1-877-DOWSING. That's 1-877-369-7464.